0: We continue in this uh, series of uh, gospel readings in this liturgical year. Of course, you know the, the lectionary goes in a three year cycle. And in this particular cycle, we're hearing um, from this gospel according to Mark at this point in time. And Mark is telling these stories about Jesus in relationship to very large crowds. Now we hear stories sometimes of Jesus being a solitary figure, praying alone on a mountaintop or in a garden. But, and oftentimes, including in the end of this gospel story, uh, strictly telling people not to mention what just happened, even though it was something unbelievable and incredible and miraculous. And so for the last few weeks, he's been around the sea, on the sea, on the shore, going across the sea, coming back across the sea. And always, when he's not in the boat, surrounded by a huge crowd. So I think for all of Jesus' good intentions uh, about keeping a lid on things, word was getting out. Of course, we live in a small town, and we know how hard it is sometimes to keep secrets. Uh, Benjamin Franklin once said, Three can keep a secret if two of them are dead. <laughs> Truer words were never spoken. So Jesus becomes a star in his own right. In, back in the days before there were stars, I suppose. And crowds followed him everywhere to the point that they were so pressed in that he and his disciples could barely move. I hate being in crowds like that. And I was when I'm reading these stories of Jesus sort of wriggling his way through, I'm imagining it's sort of hot and sweaty and uh, people everywhere in elbows and arms, and uh, I'm reminded of a time when, a few years ago, when we lived in Philadelphia, and my mother and my little sister and another house guest came up from various places where they live and they were just determined that we go to New York City. <laughs> And they needled me and needled me about this, and so fine, let's get on the train and go. So we got up there and got to Penn Station, walked out into the crowd, went to Times Square. I was sort of like the prow of the ship parting the waves, you know, as just trucking along like a good New Yorker. And so we got there, we saw the tree, and by the time we got over there, they were like, oh, it's just so crowded. Why didn't you, why didn't I tell you? I did tell you. But uh, So we, got, we went back home, and it, it was, of course, the day before New Year's Eve, and so they were shocked that New York was crowded on that day. So I just imagine things like that, situations like that, when I hear about Jesus in these crowds that were so big that he would have to literally go out onto a, a, a lake or a sea in a boat just to get away from them. And So in the midst of all this frenzy, somehow, someone he knows from the synagogue, Jairus, makes it through the crowd. And we know that Jesus spent a lot of time in the synagogues from the time he was quite young himself. The story of him being in the temple teaching the elders after getting separated from his parents is a familiar one to us. And so I imagine he knew Jairus. And Jairus comes to him and says, my daughter is at the point of death. You're the only one who can help. Please come as fast as you can. And he agrees to do so. Well, on the way, there's also someone who wants healing for herself. This woman who has suffered from hemorrhages for 12 years. And one of the things I like about these stories we're reading right now is that you really can put yourself, imagine yourself in that situation. One, as I said, with the crowds, but also this woman is a very sympathetic character because how many times have you heard her story, even today? She's very sick with a disease that just nobody can seem to get a handle on. She's gone from doctor to doctor. She's spent every penny she has. She hasn't gotten any better. and In fact, she's gotten worse. And it just sounds like something you could have heard on the news or in a story today. But she thinks, she believes, that if she just can touch the hem of Jesus' cloak, she will be healed. And sure enough, she too, like Jairus, manages to wriggle her way through this crowd and get down and grasp a hold of his cloak. And immediately she feels the health return to her body. Jesus too feels that something has just happened, but the crowd is so great He says, who just touched me? And the disciples say, you know, look at this crowd. How can you possibly figure out who it was who just touched you? But the woman comes forth herself, still in this crowd. It says with fear and trembling, but my guess is also with intense gratitude. She comes and kneels down before the Lord and says, I came for healing. And he says to her, "Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You are healed of your disease." So what a great story. But but then the sort of hitch comes that while this was all taking place, the little girl died. And people come to say, you know, you're too late, don't bother, turn around, she's gone. But Jesus persists. Nothing can stop this mission of love and of healing and of transformation. And so he takes Peter and James and John and goes to the home of Jairus where a crowd of mourners are gathered, weeping and consoling one another. And again, another story that we can really put ourselves into because sadly, how many times have you heard stories about small children, innocent children dying, 12 years old, 10 years old, four years old, and seeing the great grief that is brought on by the death of a child. But Jesus clears all these people away. So here, instead of being in the midst of this crowd where the first healing took place, he shoes everybody out. The only people he lets in are the mother and the father and the disciples who came with him. And without any fanfare, he simply goes up to her room, And takes her hand and says, little girl, get up. And she gets up. And it says, Mark says, they were overcome with amazement. I would be too. But Jesus remains calm. Of course he tells them not to say anything about this. And I I would have a hard time keeping that secret myself. I don't know about you. But the interesting thing I love, I love about the last little bit of this story is that what he tells them, besides don't say anything, is get this girl something to eat. <laughs> She's hungry. So he cares for her in that way as well. And so we're in this season of stories of miracles happening, of healings happening. The, the woman with the hemorrhages, the little girl who died in her bed at age 12, both one healed, the other brought back to life. Now, I presume that both of these women lived longer lives, grew old, and did eventually die. We keep telling the story of this healing and this miraculous resuscitation over and over again, across the centuries. Why? I mean, it was a great thing to happen to those two people in that historical moment, but as I said, we don't even know their names. They're long gone and forgotten in the pages of history. Only God knows who they are now. But what we can take away from this is the knowledge that God loves life. We are called to love life as well. And I don't mean just enjoying ourselves. Enjoying ourselves is nice, and I hope that Uh, During this 4th of July holiday that you all get to enjoy yourselves and your family and friends. Because that's part of life as well. But savoring life. And what I mean by that is realizing that incredible gift that God has implanted in all of us for a time. That we exist. We were created by him. We are made in his image. And we have him in our hearts and souls and minds. And we should have him on our lips as well. And so while we are here for this little time, like these two women in this gospel story, we sometimes are in need of healing ourselves. Sometimes it is we who extend the hand of healing, like we heard in the, uh, the epistle today. There should be a fair balance. We all need to lend a hand from time to time, and sometimes we need to stretch out our hand and ask for help. Because, as I said, implanted deep within all of us is that loving, creative light of God. And while we might not be able to reach out and bring someone back from the dead or uh, grasp A garment and be healed of a condition that we've suffered from for a long time. What we can do is trust in God, trust that God's will will be done, pray that God's will will be done, pray for one another, pray for ourselves, and always be willing to be there for those who are in need, but also always uh, remember that you too. God's child and God wants you to be happy and healthy and whole remember the Old Testament reading from the wisdom of Solomon God created life God loves life and so we are called one to one another one with another to try and make life as lovely and livable and godly as possible while we are here while we prepare to meet our Lord and maker and all those whom he touched in his earthly pilgrimage, and all the saints, and all our loved ones who have gone before. So let us walk through the crowded streets of this life, and not recoil from the crowd like I would want to do, but to be part of it, to be a part of that swarm of life, and give and receive that healing love of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.